Welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. And as always, I am your host, Marjorie Frymouth. How are you doing today? I hope you guys are well. Um, I'm doing great. I am still, as I've said in the past like three or four episodes, I'm still getting ready to go back to the States. Very excited about that move. Looking forward to some intense culture shock when I get back. Um, I keep noticing things every once in a while now in my life here that are, are normal to me here, and I just have no idea what their equivalents are in the States or if they exist there. Um, the other day, I was having a canned coffee, a coffee from a can that I bought at like 7-Eleven or something. And I posted it on Instagram and I was like, does canned coffee exist in America? It's such a huge thing in Taiwan. And everyone was like, yeah, it's totally normal. It's everywhere. <laughs> and I just have no idea. So yeah, the, uh, the reverse culture shock is going to be exciting. And I will let you know how that goes. Actually, though... I have a confession to make. This is the second time I have recorded this episode. Um, I did the whole recording the first time and I started listening to it and just, you know, to do my very simple um, basic edits that I do. And I was like, Marjorie, what did you do? I just, I geeked out way too hard about our topic today, which is hostels. Um, And... I got so in the weeds because I'm so passionate about this. I wanted to share absolutely everything, and I realized that it was way too long. It was like an hour all about hostels and everything you need to know. So I'm trying to rein myself in a little bit. I'm going to try to tone it down. I want to give you the highlights and the bullet points and everything. Well, (laughs) I guess not everything, but the important stuff that you need to know about staying in hostels. Um... And then if you ever want more details, please let me know and I will be happy to provide them because I've proven to myself that I can sit here and talk for an hour about hostels and still feel like there's more to cover. So we're doing this again. I'm going to try to be a little more reasonable, although you will probably see that I am still so into hostels, so passionate about them. Um, I think everyone should stay in them. But that brings us to the first point. What are hostels? Um, Hostels are low-cost accommodation. They usually cater to younger people, um, you know, college students or out of college. Although I'm 30 and I still stay in hostels, I used to have this idea when I was younger and traveling that like, oh, at some point I'll you know, I'll upgrade, I'll age out of it, and I'll start being a real adult person who stays in hotels. And I do sometimes, but I still love hostels. I think they're fantastic. Um, So hostels are really most known for their dorm rooms, although a lot of them do have private rooms that you can book as well for slightly higher prices, although they're still usually um, less expensive than staying in a hotel. And in addition to the bed, you also get a few other amenities and they also function as like social hubs uh, for travelers in that city. We'll get into that later. Uh, You can see I'm trying not to get distracted. I'm trying to stay on point and give you the important information. Um, But in terms of my personal experience with hostels, I first stayed in them when I was studying abroad in college in Vienna. I've told this story before of how my friends and I traveled to Croatia for just a couple days, and I was traveling with a friend who was a more experienced traveler than I. 
Um, so she was like, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get our train tickets. We'll book the hostel. And I was like, Ooh, what is this? You know, what is this hostel you speak of? Um, actually I had heard of them before because my mom did quite a bit of traveling, um, through Europe when she was younger. And she used to tell me stories about like hostel life and how they had curfews and they would kick you out during the day and just all this stuff that, uh, doesn't really happen anymore in hostels, frankly. So I had heard of them, um, but I had no idea what they were like or what the process was. So I really credit that friend for, you know, introducing me to that whole world and frankly, how easy it is. There was really no reason to be so um, overwhelmed or in awe of them. I do have a couple stories I want to share about specific hostel experiences. I was trying to think of like, the ones that stand out or, you know, like how many can I specifically remember in different cities? And there are some that do definitely stand out to me. So I'm going to talk about those both for the hostel itself and just the experience. But first, let's start with the basics. Um, How do you book a hostel? My favorite website is hostelworld.com. There are a couple others. Um, I think Hostel Booker's Uh, is another good one, but I like Hostel World, and it's very similar to booking anything. You know, you put in your location, your dates, your number of people that are going to be staying there. You can search by the price, by their rating, um, overall rating, or specific ratings for like cleanliness, safety, location, all of that, or you can see them on a map. In terms of cost, I mean, this is the big thing with hostels. (laughs) This is mostly why we care about them. Um... I've stayed in hostels that range from like eight or nine dollars a night all the way up to like thirty five dollars probably that was in Copenhagen um, Singapore was also about thirty dollars as well um, I would say on average they're usually about twenty dollars a night to stay in a dorm room maybe like eighteen to twenty two dollars Um And the cost is dependent mostly on the location. In Western Europe, they're going to be more expensive. Um, It also depends on the room size. So I mentioned that usually you will be staying in a dorm room. There could be anywhere from like four people in the room to 18, 20, 25 people in a room. So the larger rooms are going to be less expensive, um, usually slightly, maybe by like a few dollars. Um, And then also just how long you're staying and they also charge different prices sometimes for different days of the week so often weekends or holidays will be a little bit more expensive um usually so you you make your booking you show up you arrive usually they do have a check-in time but a lot of them will let you drop your luggage there if you get to the hostel before your check-in time. Sometimes it's literally just like behind the desk. They're like, yeah, throw your backpack back here. Um, But a lot of them do have specific luggage rooms for that purpose. Although again, safety and security, um, maybe not the, the highest priority in that situation, although it definitely varies with different hostels, but a lot of them will have that luggage room so you can drop your stuff and then, you know, go explore the city, go do something, come back and officially check in later. Um, In terms of check-in, they will usually ask to see your passport and previously some of them required you to pay in cash. They didn't accept cards, but I think that's less common now, um, although you might encounter that. And just in terms of the vibe, um, you know, it's it's definitely going to be less casual than checking into a hotel. You're probably going to see 
all kinds of posters and you know, tour advertisements and things that the hostel is doing just all over that that entryway or that front desk. They will probably immediately give you a map. At the very least, there will be maps available there of the city, but that, that might be part of their, you know, welcome process is like, here's your map. Um, I'm going to circle all these places that you might want to see or like draw uh, an itinerary for you that might be interesting. They'll show you like the hostel's location on the map. Um, so I know that like you can get maps from hotels and recommendations from hotels as well, of course, but I think hostels really go above and beyond and really push that like, you know, even though you're paying less and you're getting fewer amenities, they really go above and beyond in like the service of helping you explore the city and really making sure that you have a great trip and you see everything that you want to see. All right, so going back to your room that you are staying in at the hostel, um, I've mostly stayed in dorm rooms. I've stayed in a couple of private rooms in hostels, but they're not usually nicer. They're just private. (laughs) So you just have like one bed in a tiny room instead of a lot of beds in a room. Uh, But again, you know, that's up to you. You can try both. Um, The dorm rooms are very often bunk beds. And sometimes they will let you choose what bed you want. Sometimes they will assign it to you. Uh, If they let you choose, I tend to prefer the top bunk just because you're a little bit removed, like you're above (laughs) any activity that's going on in the dorm room itself. And often you can't sit upright on the bottom bunk. So I do prefer the top bunk in that situation. And another thing about dorm rooms is that a lot of hostels will have female or male-only dorms, although the female ones are more common. Um, Given the choice, sure, I will take the female dorm usually, but it's not like a hard and fast rule for me that I I seek that out in a hostel. Um, But if it's available, I I usually go for it just because, um, you know, I'm slightly more comfortable there, although I've never had any like bad experiences with people specifically. Uh, Definitely annoying people (laughs) or people coming in in the middle of the night, but it's not because of the the gender situation or anything like that. So yeah, I'll take the female dorm if it's offered. Sometimes it'll be slightly more expensive, so that's something to note as well. And then a bathroom situation. Um, This is, okay, I probably should have said this first, but you know what? I said I have a lot of things to tell you about hostels. I'm getting really into this. So you can, overall, I would say divide them into two types, although, I mean, hostels could be could be anything, you know, you can get all different kinds and themes and sizes and stuff. But generally, I would put them into two categories of like your uh, larger, I guess more corporate is the way to say it, but it's not corporate at all. But it's probably run like by like a larger company that has hostels in lots of cities or countries all over the world. Um They are usually renovated to be a hostel, so the dorms are set up for that. The bathrooms are set up for multiple people. It's very much like a college bathroom experience where you have like shower stalls and lots of sinks and toilets and all of that. Um, Those are also sometimes called party hostels just because they tend to be bigger um, and, and, you know, with more people comes more social activity and going out and things like that. They also provide more of the social activities. So in addition to having connections with local 
tour companies or activities, they might run their own events. Um, you know, they might have game nights or pub crawls or movie nights or things like that. Uh, then you sort of have the smaller, independent, like locally run or family run hostels. These are usually in converted like houses or apartment buildings. So you sort of feel like you're staying in a house and not so much like you're staying in a college dorm. Um, usually the rooms are a little bit smaller. They may or may not have bunk beds or regular beds. And the bathroom is just going to be like a regular house bathroom usually. So like one bathroom for everyone um, in that room, but not the the many shower stall situation. Um, and those ones like in general tend to be a little bit quieter. Um, they don't necessarily have like 24 seven support from the staff or the front desk. You might have to coordinate with them when you get there because the person who runs it might not actually be there all the time. Um, and you know, I think there's pros and cons to each, but that's sort of the general divide that I've seen over my (laughs) 10 years of staying in hostels all over the world. Um, Okay, so with that said, going back to the uh, bedroom and bathroom situation, um, yeah, so I already told you then that the bigger ones tend to have the bigger bathrooms, the shower stalls. There are these super annoying things in the showers a lot of times where you can't control the temperature and to turn it on, you just push a button and it stays on for like eh, 30 seconds and then goes off and then you have to push it again and you have to keep doing that to like get a full shower very annoying, but remind yourself what you're paying and everything comes back into perspective. Um, the linens and the pillows will be provided. Sometimes they're, the bed is already made, which is great. Sometimes they just give you the linens. You have to make your bed yourself, which is annoying. But again, remind yourself what you're paying. Um, and then hostels will often let you rent other things you might need, like towels or a phone charger, um, or like maybe you can buy a toothbrush or something like that. So they're really set up to um, to help you and just make your trip easy. And, you know, they deal with, well, anywhere from like a couple travelers a day, if it's a smaller one, to, you know, like hundreds or thousands of travelers a week. So they really know what people need, what people tend to forget, um, and they're really set up for all of that. So they do make it super easy for you. Um, sometimes you will have your own outlet or USB charger or light right next to your bed, which is very handy as well. If there's one main light for the whole room, it gets a little bit annoying because when do you turn it off? Who turns it off? Someone comes in at four in the morning and turns it on and everyone wakes up. Um, but it can totally vary. And then I would say almost always there is free Wi-Fi as well now. I don't think I've ever been in a place that didn't have (laughs) Wi-Fi. All right, moving on. What else do you get in a hostel? Most hostels have some kitchen functionality. Um, So often you can cook your own meals if you want to, or you can leave things in the fridge. Make sure you label everything and don't eat other people's food. Um, Often there is a locker that you get as well with your bed. Uh, Sometimes it's under your bed or just in the room, so you can keep your things locked up, which is handy. Breakfast is sometimes included, usually in the bigger hostels, not in the smaller ones. And it's pretty standard. Definitely in Europe, you're probably going to be getting like the same breakfast in every hostel. 
um, bread that you can toast. Jam, peanut butter, definitely Nutella. Um, sometimes there's cereal as well, and occasionally they will have like hard-boiled eggs or fruit. So it's pretty basic, but I like it when they provide breakfast. I'm like, why not? <laughs> and then I'll go out and find coffee somewhere else, although they do usually have uh, complimentary coffee and tea as well. Hostels usually have some kind of common room um, where you can relax. You know, there might be a TV or board games, books, things like that. A lot of them do have laundry service or washing machines that you can use for a price, usually. Um, And the bigger hostels are often connected to a restaurant or bar like next door. Or sometimes you you have to go through the restaurant or bar to get to the hostel, which is always very funny when you have like your backpack or even like a suitcase, depending on how you're traveling. And you show up at this bar and people are like ordering drinks and food. And you're like, I I just want to check into my hostel. (laughs) Um, I'll be back here later. Um... And those bigger ones are often, like I said, the ones that host their own events, um, usually or, or sometimes related to that restaurant or bar that they are connected with. So sometimes you can get discounts at the or, you know, on your food and drinks if you're staying in the hostel, um, which is nice as well. So in terms of the overall vibe, that's sort of connected to the size. So we already kind of touched on that. Like the bigger ones are going to have more of a social party atmosphere. Um, Like I said, there could be events. The hostel will host their own events. Um, The smaller ones usually don't provide those kind of events. Um, They tend to be like a little bit quieter. Everyone kind of does their own thing. Although everyone is still, you know, usually super friendly and you can strike up great conversations and all of that. Um, but that is like the, the vibe of hostels does kind of fall along that line of like larger hostel versus smaller hostel. Another huge thing with hostels is safety. And I will say like knock on wood right now, (laughs) um, I've never had any issues with this. I do definitely look at the safety rating and the reviews of hostels. So I do try to choose ones with really high safety ratings, um, When I go to bed, I sleep with my purse on my bed. If they don't have lockers for my backpack, I will often keep my backpack on my bed as well. And, you know, like I said, knock on wood, fingers crossed, I've never had any problems. I think hostels do tend to be fairly safe in general. And I did read a quote online when I was researching for this that uh, for some of the larger hostels that, you know, do everything very officially, it can be harder to break into a hostel than into a hotel. So they do take safety very seriously. Usually you have a key card or a Um, like numerical code to get inside the hostel and a lot of them are just locked a hundred percent of the time like you always need that key sometimes they will have open doors during the day uh, but at some point they will be locked and you will need your key to get inside and then often each individual dorm room will have its own key or code as well so there's like several layers that you have to go through um, to get to your your own room And then, you know, your things might be locked in that locker. Um, And another huge thing, again, jumping around, going back to the bedrooms, another huge thing that I think people worry about with hostels is bed bugs or just general overall cleanliness. We'll, We'll lump all this together into cleanliness. So in terms of the beds and the sheets and all of that, 
Um, it does vary. I've never been in a place where I was disgusted by it. I've never felt like my sheets were actually dirty. I think at worst, sometimes you can see that they have been around for a while. <laughs> um, you can see that maybe maybe they're slightly more threadbare. They've been washed many, many times. Um, but that's the worst that I've encountered. So I've never actually felt like things were not clean in terms of the bed. And the potential for bed bugs. I mean, yes, it is there. You're staying in a place with lots of travelers coming through. But I think it's far less of a concern than a lot of people might think. Um, they Most hostels do take this very, very seriously because that's the last thing that they want as well. And in terms of like the likelihood of it, I think it's just as likely in any hotel that you stay at. Um, I don't think I've ever encountered them. I have had two situations where at the time I thought I did. I woke up with some suspicious looking bug bites. Uh, so I did, you know, go through and like wash and try to dry on very high heat everything that I brought with me. Um, and then nothing ever came of it. You know, I never got any more bug bites or saw anything. So I don't know if the measures that I took would have actually killed any bed bugs that I might have encountered. Honestly, I don't think that would have been enough. So very probably I did not have bed bugs in the first place. Um, so I that's not something I would worry about if I were you. I mean, read the reviews, look at the cleanliness rating for sure. Um but I, I just don't think that's a concern, really, in staying in hostels. So that sort of gives you a glimpse into hostel life or what you might get or what you might experience if you're staying at different kinds of hostels. Um, I tried to put together some pros and cons and also connect this with things I was reading online about everything you should know before staying in a hostel. Um, the biggest con, to start with the negatives and end on the positives, is just no privacy. I mean, that's that's basically it. That's the biggest thing. And so just know that going in. Um, and if you're traveling for a long time, I know for me, after like a week or two, I will get a little bit burnt out on just constantly being around people. And so then, you know, I'll give myself a break and stay in a private room or a hotel or do something different. Um, so that's just something to be aware of. Like it comes with the territory. You're with a lot of people. And Similarly, often you do not get great sleep when you are in a hostel just because there's other people moving around, coming in late, um, being very loud when they're drunk. Um, even if people are trying to be quiet, I think we often don't realize how loud we are when other people are trying to sleep. So a lot of people will have like whispered conversations late at night, uh, which you know they're trying to be quiet. Um, it still carries quite a bit in that common room um, or, you know, people coming in, turning the lights on or just snoring or moving around. Um, the biggest horror story that everyone has about staying in hostels is overhearing intimate activities at night. And I will also say, knock on wood, I don't think I've ever encountered that, but that is something that people will talk about with staying in hostels as well. Um, and just overall, like the amenities can vary. Of course, some hostels will be nicer than others, but overall, I think 
a lot of that is just, like I said, stuff that comes with the territory. Again, remind yourself how much you're paying and a lot of the frustration goes away. Um, And then overall, the pros of staying in hostels, well, like I said, remind yourself how much you're paying. Uh, They are budget friendly. That is why we stay in hostels for the most part. Um, You know, and then the social aspect. It's, It's easy to meet other people, especially if you're traveling by yourself. It can be nice to have that easy avenue for, at the very least, conversations or hanging out with someone or, you know, going out and doing things together. So they sort of build that social fabric into you know, your accommodation, where you're staying, and that's really nice as well. Often they're very centrally located. Um, Like we said, they have a lot of events. There's a lot of fun things to do. They give you all the maps and help you book tours or rent bikes or offer tips around the city. Um, The people who work at especially these larger hostels are usually locals or often they're travelers themselves. This is something that we will talk about in a future episode because a lot of hostels will let you work there um, in exchange for free room and board. So these people are very well positioned to help you out and give you recommendations to help you get the most out of your trip or your time in that city. So it's really like I know hotels will do all of this as well if you ask, but I feel like hostels really push their Um, their helpfulness and just everything that they can do for you. So before we get to my stories, I do have a couple of specific tips for you, although you've probably picked up your own ideas from the rest of this episode. Number one, read the reviews. Uh, Look at the ratings and then look at the reviews as well, because if there's anything like majorly wrong with this hostel, like bed bugs or, um, you know, it's in a bad location or something, people will talk about that. So definitely read the reviews before you book. Um, Like I just said, look at the location. How easy is it to get there from the airport, from the train station? Is it convenient to get on public transportation? Is it near anything else that you want to see? That's really important. Um, Number three, don't be that person in a hostel. Be considerate. (laughs) Try to be quiet late at night. Um, You know, keep keep your things in your space, on your bed, in your locker. Um, Clean up after yourself in the kitchen or in the bathroom. You know, We all know this. We're all, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably in college or an adult. Um, We know how to be considerate of other people. So (laughs) do that. (laughs) Be considerate. Be respectful. Um, I'm not trying to be preachy at anyone. Just it is funny the sort of things you can encounter in hostels. So, um, you know, make sure you're one of the good ones. (laughs) I feel like I'm coming across as like a super. uptight person right now, but I'm really not. I'm just reminding you. (laughs) And then finally, make use of all of the services that the hostel offers. Really, like I said, it's, it's events, it's helping you book things, it's helping you figure out how to get somewhere in the city or the country. Um, They can really help you or they'll try to help you with almost anything. But that being said, don't let the hostel be your whole trip. You know, I think it's very easy if you're staying at one of these bigger hostels that offer everything to do. Um, It could be very easy to spend your whole time in a hostel bubble, if you will. Um, 
you know, there's so many other people there and I'm sure they're all really cool and you absolutely should get to know them and hang out with them. But make sure that you guys are also like getting out and seeing the city and experiencing the country and the culture because, you know, that's why you're there. So if everything you do is related to something at the hostel, then, you know, you're not really experiencing the place that you are or the reason that you traveled there. So um, definitely use use the hostel and use their services, um, but make sure that you're doing things outside of it as well. And then a short little packing list for you. You may or may not also have these things already in your bag, but earplugs can be super useful although I've never actually used them, (laughs) but I hear that earplugs can be super useful. Um, I don't know. For me, it's just like, I maybe I should, really. I shouldn't just suffer through bad sleep, but I don't know. I think they're kind of uncomfortable, too. But a lot of people swear by those uh, little squishy earplugs that you can wear at night, and they're super small and easy to throw in your bag, Um, and that can help you get a good night's sleep when things are a little bit noisy. Shower shoes, number two, like I said, you're back in college. Uh, You're going to be sharing showers with lots of people, so it's nice to have those flip-flops. And then a padlock, because the hostel, if they do have lockers, may or may not provide the lock for them. So a padlock is, again, a really small thing that's easy to bring, but it can help you out quite a bit once you're there. And then finally, just any of your own specific toiletries. Um, The hostel may or may not provide them. If they do, it's usually just like a soap dispenser in the shower stall. So if there's anything that you particularly prefer, bring it in a travel size and it can make your life so much nicer. So before we go, I do want to talk to you about a couple of specific hostel experiences that I had. Um, You know, just like casting my mind back over all the places I've stayed, what stands out. I think the first one would be in St. Petersburg in Russia. And I've talked about this trip before where I took the ferry to St. Petersburg because if you enter by sea, you get 72 hours that you don't need a visa for Russia. But part of that is they still really want to know that you are looked after the whole time and you're not going to be just like running around crazy in the city or the country. So they make you book um, your accommodation ahead of time. You have to show that to passport control when you enter the country uh, again so they know that you have a place to be. And so I did that. I found a great hostel. I booked it. I got into the country, showed up at the hostel. It was actually a longer walk than I thought it was going to be. So I was, you know, exhausted. I was hot and sweaty. I show up at the hostel and they're like, um, we're fully booked tonight. And I was like, well, I have a reservation. Like, here's my reservation. I showed them. And they were like, this is for next month. You booked for July. It's June right now. And I almost started crying on the spot. (laughs) I was, number one, just, you know, like frustrated and felt stupid for making that mistake. But also I was just kind of terrified suddenly because I was like, I had to show this to passport control to get into the country. And it turns out that it's not even valid. I don't have a place to stay. Oh no, it's Russia, (laughs) Um, which is not, I shouldn't stereotype Russia like that, but uh, yeah, moving on. (laughs) Um, So this is an example of, you know, people at hostels, like I said, they want to help you. They will go above and beyond. And this was one of those larger hostels as well. So they had the connections to be able to help me out. So they immediately called up their sister hostel, um, 
probably run by the same group, but sort of a different different part of the city, different vibe than the one I was at. They called them up and they did have space for me that night and the next two nights that I was going to be there. Then, not only did they set up that reservation for me, the new one I was staying at was more expensive than the one that I thought I had booked or I did book for the wrong dates. And so they actually lowered the price for me so that it was closer to what I had been anticipating and planned for, which honestly, like I was the one who made the mistake. So they did not have to do that. Um, To me, this is just the perfect example of like people helping each other out. And I think that's why I like hostels so much is because they do such a good job of helping the traveler. Um, They're really there for you in any kind of situation or in any way like you can just go to the front desk and ask anything and now this (laughs) this is the problem I had when I first tried to record this episode where I'm getting way too passionate about hostels you know the people working at hostels know that you are in a new place you're unfamiliar maybe you're a little nervous you know you don't know how things work there and so they really do in my experience try to help you and try to do anything to ease that process or make you feel more comfortable. Um, And as it turned out, the hostel that I ended up staying at there was much more conveniently located and I think a little bit more nicer, a little bit more fun, um, more of that like larger hostel party vibe. So it ended up working out for the best in that situation. And because it all worked out well, it's a great story to tell now. Um, and the second hostel that springs to mind, I didn't I didn't plan it this way to have like one of each to tell you about. But coincidentally, this is like the other kind of hostel, the smaller family run style. And this was when I was living in Ireland, in Dublin. Um, and because of the tenuous passport visa situation, which I talked about in our visa-free travel episode, I did not leave the country when I was there because I wasn't sure they would let me back in on another tourist visa. So I did all my traveling within Ireland, which was really cool because I got to see so much. Um, And so on this trip, I had traveled up to the northernmost point of Ireland, which is called Malin Head. Um, And it's also where one of the newer Star Wars movies was filmed. So you bet that I tracked down the filming location, which is like this desolate, you know, craggy cliffs. Um, I think it was Luke's Island in one of the newer movies. So it had that like cold Irish island vibe. Um, Anyway, unrelated to the actual story. But the hostel that I stayed at there, and this is like a really, really small town. You know, there's like one restaurant, bar, pub thing, maybe like another cafe, and that's basically it. So it's like a small fishing village. (laughs) Um, And there's one hostel there. And they were so sweet. It was run by this older couple. Um, It was right on the water overlooking the ocean. You know, everything was really foggy in like that, that Irish way when I arrived. And they greeted me. And I think the gentleman like checked me in and gave me a map and, you know, drew everything, circled everything that I needed to go see on the map, the like the seal cove and the the beach with semi-precious stones and everything. Um, and then the the woman gave me tea and biscuits and like sat with me in the living room with the big uh, bay windows overlooking the ocean. Um, and 
yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. It was just the best experience, the most welcoming, cozy vibe that I think I probably ever had at a hostel. And I've had lots of those where they're run by like a local person and it's just the most um, welcoming experience. But this one really stands out for me, especially for the, the tea and those cookies. I mean, that was just, that really sealed the deal on that one. So those are just two of many examples that I have of how great hostel life or staying in hostels can be. I mean, there are definitely downsides. There are frustrations. But I really, really recommend that anyone who's traveling, especially if you're younger or you're by yourself, um, stay in a hostel. Check it out. It's a really great experience that clearly I get way too into talking about because this episode is still longer than I meant it to be on the second try of recording it. So we're going to stop here. Um, But again, if you have any questions, I would be more than happy to talk more about this. Um, I would love to hear from you. You know, do you travel? Do you stay in hostels? What has your experience been like? Do you have any of those stories that really stand out to you of a fabulous experience or you know, a not so great experience that hopefully is a good story now um, or anything that you want to share. You can send those questions or those stories to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor and on Twitter at goingoutyour. And until next time, where we will talk more travel and more tips and everything wanderlust related on Going Out Your Door. Your Door.